I'm Rechard van der Berg. And I'm Duncan McLeod. This is Talk Central, episode 201 for the weekend starting 15 December 2017. Talk Central is brought to you by Tech Central, real technology journalism. On Talk Central this week, Amazon is coming, yeah. Also this week, Asher Bobot returns to EOH and SARS wants its Bitcoin pound of flesh. Mm. It's time for your weekly dose of tech. Stay tuned. Welcome to the show. How's it, Rechat? How's it, Duncan? Ten days to Christmas. I cannot believe it. I'm sure everybody's saying that, but yeah. where did this year go? And it's, it's it always Christmas. It always sneaks up. I find winter ends, and then suddenly it's the end of the year. Suddenly it's yeah, yeah. The yeah. last month certainly went by very quickly. Yeah. So yeah, I'm still trying to find a find a way to enjoy a holiday in between all of this. <laughs> but like all of us who love what we do, it's not real breaks, you know. No. But it's, yeah, it's um, it's certainly been a, a busy run up to this year's festive season. That's for sure. And mm. I'm still chasing down quite a few stories, um, and I'm still around next week. So uh, yeah, busy, busy, I'm sure busy. Something's going to happen. It's always quiet in January. I find the, yeah. it's pushing more and more towards Christmas, and then yeah, everyone yeah. just goes quiet just before Christmas. And let's not forget the, the the conference happening this weekend. I'm sure there'll be lots coming from that. Yes, I think that we're all going to be glued to the TV this weekend mm. to see who is our likely next president. Um, I, uh, I'm going to be watching the rand dollar and rand euro exchange rates very carefully yes. as well because um, depending on who gets elected, I think the rand could either crash or um, pick up quite yeah, substantially. Yeah, yeah it's, it's almost too nail-biting to, 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 to worry about what could go wrong for me. Yes. I just want to make sure that the right people get where they need to be ultimately. Yeah. Oh. But are they going to be streaming this in live, uh, on live on I don't YouTube? Know. I'm sure some station must, ETV usually do, SABC does maybe. Yeah, SABC does um, ANN7 streams on YouTube if you want to watch. Uh. Yeah, without the commentary would be just a live stream. <laughs> Indeed, and, and without the on-screen graphics. <laughs> um, yeah. But it's, going to be, it's certainly going to be an interesting, an interesting uh, weekend and something that's going to affect all of us. For years to come, so it's, uh, it's, it's pretty a, big. It's a big one, yeah. It's a big one, and uh, we're only eighteen months away from the next election as well. Uh, and depending what happens this weekend, uh, twenty nineteen could be a very interesting year in terms of oh, um, yes. election. Because if uh, I think if in course Zanad Lamini Zuma wins, I think there's a very strong possibility that the ANC will split in two, and that they will then lose the election in twenty nineteen. Yeah. Um, so Look, either way, it's going to be in- interesting. Yeah. Because the changes we're going through now uh, as a result of what's been happening currently in the presidency. Mm. I mean, it's, it's interesting times from a spectator point of view, but it's, it's quite nerve-wracking from a South African point of view, actually. Yeah, yeah. It's all to play for. Did you watch the um, court judgment yesterday, by the way? And the um, Zuma was, was basically uh, slapped yeah. down and told <laughs> yes. that, um, I mean, they basically accused him of being a vexatious litigant and um, ordered him to pay the costs uh, of his appeal out of his own pocket. Um, so, yeah, he's in a lot of trouble. But isn't he also, I mean, he is in a lot of trouble, but I also heard he's appealing a part of the judge's judgment. No, he's, he hasn't said anything about, not, not, not yet anyway, but he certainly said he's going to appeal the judgment related to um, Sean Abrams oh, at the NDPP. Um, he uh, he's appealing the court's decision that um, Cyril Ramaphosa, his deputy, must appoint the next director of public prosecutions. Yes. And of course, this is directly in his interest because if he can't appoint the that person, Cyril can come in, appoint someone. He will then 
prosecute him and uh, yeah. he's then possibly facing jail time. It, it seems so clear. I mean, why, 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 it, it seems so clear that he's making moves, that basic chess moves to protect himself, you know, oh, to yeah. ensure his survival ultimately. Yeah. It's why not, does I mean, this it, not get, get into the broader, like, <coughs> I, I guess, why does it not seem like, uh, uh, you know, the, the see for what it, for what it well, is? Well, I think you know, people the fact do. That he's backing into I, a corner. I think people do. It's, um, it, it, perhaps it just it, has to play itself out now, I guess, yeah, the process. Yeah. And he, he, he's abusing the legal system to uh, to drag us out as long as possible. Delays, yeah. But uh, if um, Soro Ramaphosa wins this weekend, then it's uh, the whole game changes, and um, I think he's facing a, a very bleak future. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's 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 going to be bankrupt, um, you know, unless the Guptas or someone else bankrolls him. But he's not going to be the president anymore. And he's not going to have any political yeah, no influence. Problem, yeah. So why would they bankroll him? Uh, and and um, Cyril has already come out and said um, we're going to we're going to crack down on 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 state capture if uh, I win the select this um, vote uh, this weekend. So uh, and hopefully the ANC sees the same and, and kind of the pushes tide, behind the behind tide may be turning if he wins. If he wins. If he wins, and it's very unclear at the stage he's going to win. I, I, it looks like Cyril's got a slight lead. Um, certainly, if you look at the branch nominations, but anything can happen on Sunday I when they vote. Turn it into a drinking game. Do you want to join me? <laughs> I'll bring the craft beer. We I'll might be very drunk. The words. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I want to be at the end of this. Either in celebration or in sadness. Yeah, indeed. indeed. But we'll anyway. Either be drowning our sorrows or um, crack, celebrating. cracking the champagne. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, this is not polit- uh, politics central. So let's, um, let's jump in with our, uh, with our focus on tech and start with our quiz. Do you want to do the first question, Rahul? Certainly. The first question, which is quite an exciting one. Uh, Amazon Web Services said this week that it's launching its AWS Direct Connect service in South Africa through which data center operator? And we're going to talk about that in some detail in the show today. Uh, what is the name of the Director General driving government's implementation of the ICT policy white paper? Third question. Government may amend which piece of legislation to introduce net neutrality rules in South Africa? And Google this week published its top trending searches in South Africa for 2017. Which late actor was in number one position? And the final question. Ashtar Bobot returned, this, returned to AOH this week. What will his new role be? Great. That's our quiz. As always, uh, answers at the end of the show. But let's, uh, let's jump in. There's not a huge amount of news to talk about this week. A little um, bit quieter. It's getting a little quieter, but still some interesting things happening. And uh, one of the interesting things is uh, Amazon's announcement that they are establishing, and here comes an answer to the first question of the quiz, uh, they are setting up AWS Direct Connect service in South Africa through data center operator Terraco. Mm. Um, this, I think, is similar to what um, Terraco announced with Microsoft, the Microsoft Express route, I think it's called service. Uh, Microsoft, of course, has announced last year, no, earlier this year that they're building data centers in South Africa. Um, they're actually not physically putting up a building, but they're going to be putting down yeah. Azure infrastructure inside existing data centers in South Africa, which is very exciting. And, very um, exciting. and uh, Amazon uh, saying at the weekend, in fact, quoted in the Sunday Times, one of their top executives saying that uh, they are investigating putting down data centers in South Africa as well. Not surprising when their biggest competitor, Microsoft, says they're coming here. I'm sure they'll follow in quick or quick succession. They oh, haven't yeah. given timing on it yet, saying they're still doing investigations and they might need to put some infrastructure down in terms of telecommunications uh, before they uh, come and build. But mm-hmm. I suspect that we'll have Amazon data centers here as well next year. Very exciting news. I've long suspected that, I, I mean, this, still, this, this, this kind of just increases my suspicion that they are going to be coming here as a fully-fledged solution. I mean, they're setting up themselves for business, right? They started with recruiting developers in Cape Town, setting up a little shop. Those guys can work anywhere anywhere in the world for any uh, yeah. Amazon uh, 
uh, industry really. And then the data centers come, and then they offer the services. And I mean, it's very exciting, and mm. I absolutely love it. I just, I, you know, I wish they would come. With a retail um, offering. With a retail offering, I think it, it could change a lot. I mean, yeah. I think it's also scary in some ways because I work with a lot of e-commerce retailers, but I think that it's a very good thing because they're going to certainly bring a change in the industry and we need it. Yeah. I, th I think bringing a re the retail Amazon retail operation to South Africa would be a lot more complex than launching AWS sure. data centers. No, here. for sure. They're but I mean, they have to have that in place yeah. for them to then launch because yeah. those, those all form part of the sure. service of offerings. Sure. There are, there are much bigger countries than ours um, in terms of economies that don't have Amazon retail services. So um, I, I suspect we're quite low down on the pecking order when it comes to that. So I would be surprised if we see an Amazon retail operation in South Africa in the next five years. Perhaps. I'm optimistic. But um, they've announced that they've, they've just launched in Australia and they're uh, really shaking up that market and uh, causing consternation yeah. among some of the incumbent retailers there. Um, but yeah, I, I would not expect Amazon retail in South Africa anytime soon. Not even if they buy out somebody big like uh, Tecolot? I don't know. Um, I, that, that's probably what they would do when they eventually do come, mm. and I'm sure that's where. I mean, I mean, I'm sure that's what they'd look at doing, um, rather than setting up a greenfields operation. Yeah. Rather get also take out comp your biggest competitor, really. I yeah. Mean, or, or make them make them your asset. Yes. But I think that's some time off. But quite exciting about the, the data center uh, operations oh, yes. that are coming to South Africa. Now, I, I'm a OneDrive user, which is Microsoft's cloud offering, and I've noticed um, dramatic improvements in speed on OneDrive, uploading and downloading files, just in the last couple of weeks. And uh, I think that shows uh, that they've started to spin up the data centers locally. Um, do you think it had anything to do with your 200 meg connection that you nearly upgraded? <laughs> Nearly <laughs> upgraded to I did upgrade. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's, um, I noticed this before. You mean general speed improvements? I, I was getting terrible speeds from OneDrive, actually, you know, 10 megs That's why I stopped using them. Mm. Uh, it just it, it took too long to upload big chunks of data. But now it's just as fast as Google Drive, and it, it, it's, it maxes my line speed. I haven't tried to use OneDrive since I upgraded this week to 200 meg fiber. But um, certainly, I, when I was on my 100 meg line, it was uh, full speed to OneDrive. But if it's local servers, then I mean, it should theoretically give you that full speed. Yeah, exactly. Or at least very close to it. Yeah, because there's no contention. But the other thing that always got me about OneDrive, and I don't know if they've improved it yet, mm. but the application always, the syncing side of it, because I've got apps synced between some people that I work with in my team, I don't have the team Dropbox account. Yeah. Um, but, but so I just use either uh, uh, the normal straightforward OneDrive or Dropbox. And when I shared files with Teams, I find with, with um, OneDrive, it didn't, it wasn't as efficient. It just no. didn't seem to sync uh, as efficiently. I don't know, there was something missing. Or it just I had to wait longer for certain files to sync. Oh, so I don't okay. know from your experience if it's been better. And I haven't tried the team functionality in there, but... Um, no, well, I just shared folders. So from oh, right. point, it's just basically folder sharing okay. um, on lots of computers. I, I, do, I save all my work in Word onto OneDrive. So automatically when I, I create a new document, so I save it in OneDrive. Small documents, yeah. It was a bit slow, actually, saving onto, my, onto a OneDrive folder. I'd wait a couple of seconds before I could save. Now it's almost instant. Yeah, Word took a while mm -hmm. to actually. Con yeah, yeah, I remember that too. And now it's almost instant. Look, the fact you get it for free, you get a terabyte for free with the Office connection. Yeah. I mean, it certainly makes it the best value offering in South Africa. Oh, it's very you know, good. I mean, your budget that's you want to go for. You're paying. I mean, I buy, I buy the license that allows you to install Office on five machines. Yeah, yeah. Which costs, I think, about eleven or twelve hundred rand a year. And no, I do that one for about hundred bucks a month, eighty bucks a month or something. Okay, yeah, I think the eighty yeah. bucks one is for one machine. For one user, yeah. Um, so I think if you pay about hundred bucks a month, hundred twenty bucks a month, I just pay annually. Uh, you then get a one, you get one terabyte of storage on OneDrive, which is what you'd pay for a two terabyte of storage on Dropbox or yeah, on Google Drive. Yeah, Dropbox is about hundred and 
10, 15 bucks now. Yeah, dollars. Do- no, yeah, right. Um, so it's like 10, 10, 10, and I've got yeah. Rat Pack, which is, that's yeah. another feature, like I've spoken about this before. It, it keeps unlimited revisions for a year on all my files. Yeah. So again, you know, if I have lots of design files floating around, I'm, there's a problem or something crashes or mm. I flatten a file, you know, you can roll back and, yeah. I don't know if, I don't know if OneDrive has that, but that is an, important feature to have on cloud storing, uh, yeah. especially where other people also work on the files. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So it's nice and fast now, so um, it, it makes uh, absolute sense for me to um, to use OneDrive given that I, I get this terabyte of free storage. Why pay again to mm. another provider? No, I agree. I'm actually going to try it this weekend and upload my photographs because you can never have too many secure backups of lifetimes with the photographs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, yeah. Yeah, we'll report back next week and we can see. Yeah. So, so that's quite exciting. So it looks like both cloud providers, Amazon and Microsoft, which is the two biggest cloud providers in the world, or as Jeremy Clarkson says, in the world. The world. <laughs> <laughs> Have you been watching the new season, by the way? No, I haven't, no, actually. It's very good. They've actually stepped up their uh, game from the last season. It's I've very good. I've been seeing a lot of the, the YouTube promo videos, mm. um, and it looks really good. Yeah, that's great. Do you still subscribe to Amazon I do, but there's, so the, there's a dearth of content on there, and um, I'm probably going to cancel when this um, when this season of uh, of uh, the Grand Tour finishes. But it's nice that you can do that, isn't it? Just subscribe for a month, yes. binge it, and stop it. I stopped Showmax for a while because there was nothing really that hooked me there. But Netflix, I, I can't. I find myself not. I can't cancel Netflix. There's just yeah, too much too much to good watch new stuff on there. Yeah. Never get bored. And obviously, Rick and Morty's on this. So I can you cancel. <laughs> Oh, there's so many good shows. The, the Crown has just landed, uh, season yes. two. Did you watch season one of The Crown? No, no. No, brilliant show. One of the best. No, we Netflix. spoke about, yeah, mm. I just, uh, I'm, I'm trying to get my, spend my time in gaming rather these days. Okay. So we'll talk about my pick later. But, um, okay. So I've kind of stepped away from, I want to educate, or not educate, I want to keep my brain more active when I've got downtime. I find gaming, getting back into my gaming was... Yeah. A nice way to do that. So mm. I've been playing a lot of Party Hard this week, by the way. Oh, fantastic game! Just yes. love that. Yeah, that was my pick last week in Rachot's pick a couple of months ago. Mm. It's completely addictive and so difficult. I love just sitting on the couch and just have my laptop open and just yeah. with my, you know, with the key button. You've got two yes. hands and you just play it like just old school it. game. Yeah. yeah, yeah, great game. Uh, how did we uh, get onto the subject of Amazon and Microsoft oh, yes. servers? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think we've we've uh, pretty much uh, covered that. I want to talk a bit about um, Asher Bobot. Uh, he is the founder of EOH. Um, did an incredible job building that business up into I think South Africa's biggest IT services company. A uh, huge company with um, at least ten, probably twelve, possibly even more thousand employees. Um, massive operation. They've built it acquisit- through acquisitions and organic growth. Um, done a very good job of that. Uh, but the wheels kind of have come off this year a bit. Uh, as Shabobot stepped down in May, uh, left the board, left the company completely and went on a sabbatical. Uh, he was meant to return to the board around this time as a non-executive director. Uh, but he's actually returned as head of strategy and stakeholder relations, uh, which is an interesting move. He's not back on the board. Um, and he's got an open-ended contract. Now, uh, we spoke about EOH in quite some detail last week, so I'm not going to rehash a lot of that, mm. and I'm sure you've read all the stories on Tech Central about it, uh, but the share price has taken an absolute hammering. Their, uh, two of their directors got into, uh, and I'm not an expert on these things, so I'm going to try and summarize it, but they got into positions where they bought shares and hedged it against, or, 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 or they bought bought it um, on a leveraged basis, if that's the right terminology, and if there are any financial people and accountants and analysts listening to this, please excuse me for butchering the <laughs> terminology. But basically, uh-huh. they borrowed to buy shares. And then when the share price tanked, the financial services institutions they did the deals with were f- in forced sellers. So they, they had no choice. They sold the shares. 
and that caused the share price to, to collapse. Mm-hmm. It was already falling, but then it, it just fell out of bed. Uh, Jahan McKay, who's the head of public enterprise or public sector business at, at EOH, was forced to sell hundreds of millions of rands worth of shares. And um, uh, he, um, he, he was selling shares right at the bottom of the market at 26 rand 55. And this is a share price before this started was sitting at 80 rand. So he, he was forced to sell massive chunks of shares in EOH um, simply because of this, um, this, this uh, uh, structure that he entered into with these financial services companies. Now, been, there's been a lot of discussion on, on, on Twitter and elsewhere in the last um, few days about whether this makes sense at all. I mean, in, in effect, this guy had these positions which caused the share price to collapse. Um, some so some bad bets, bad bets made, being made. Really. Yeah, they're gambling on the share price. And uh, some, some investors and, and analysts on Twitter saying, uh, just this, in the last 24 hours, that um, this this sort of thing, companies sort of shouldn't allow this sort of thing. I mean, it's it just massive destruction of shareholder value, um, compounded by by these um, bad decisions. Uh, in effect, the, these two directors crashed the share price. Um, certainly, it was already falling because of um, rumours in the market and, and talk about possible corruption and stuff like that. But um, it fell all the way down into the 20s because, because these directors um, or these financial services institutions that structured these deals with these directors were forced to sell the shares. Um, uh, so, you know, some analysts, um, some people on Twitter suggesting that these guys should be fired. Yeah, um, I would think, I mean, yeah, something has to happen. I mean, for you to bring, I mean, how, how, many, how, many, how much money and how many people's jobs are at stake when something like this happens? Mm-hmm. You know, you're really playing with livelihoods here. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't sound like you should be able to do something like this quite easily. So were there checks and balances in place, you know, or were the right procedures followed? And mm. it all stinks if it wasn't. Mm. It's, it's scary. I don't, that I don't, think, it was, like that I, I don't think it was illegal, but certainly um, it's something I think EOH like needs, to, needs to look at from a corporate governance perspective to avoid this sort of thing happening again. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, obviously, these directors thought the share price was going to keep going up. Uh, they didn't. They didn't ever see the share price dropping to the levels where these financial services institutions, um, where they, where these directors became forced sellers. Mm. Um, but you know, that's a big risk to take. You you're basically taking a bet that the share price is is not like going to me t- going to a casino and betting my house bond on a hand of blackjack. It's it's yeah. roughly the same thing. I mean, if I win, I win big. Yeah, it's great. Mm. But the chances still are, you know, percentage wise of what I you know I would. Yeah. Could lose, you know, yes. so These guys are just I just don't think they thought that the share price could fall to this sort of level, this sort of degree. Uh, and um, and then it became like a like a falling set of dominoes. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, the bottom fell out of the market, yeah. So um, I've asked to do a podcast with Asha Bobot and Zunaid Mayet, the CEO. I'm still waiting to hear back on that. Uh, tentative yes so far, but um, I'm, I'm looking forward to doing that if they agree. It'll be a very interesting discussion. And at that point, we need to take an ad break. We'll be back right after this. Honey, why can't I download any more series? Dad, my game just bombed. Daddy, I was speaking to Kevin and my cord just cut out. With uncapped Vox Fiber to the home, reaching your cap is a thing of the past. You can have all your devices connected all the time. Get unlimited browsing, unlimited calling, and unlimited entertainment. Vox Fiber, now uncapped. T's and C's apply. For more information, visit vox.co.za. Bitco is revolutionizing the way businesses connect. We're taking on your connectivity challenges and shooting our high-speed fiber internet across the country. 
not just for some, but for everyone. Fiber is not a luxury, but a necessity for business, for life, for you. And being connected is everything. So network with a tier one internet provider and take your business to the next level of connectivity. Bitco.co.za. Connectivity is everything. Well, welcome back to the show. How's it, Rechot? How's it, Duncan? Jingle bells. Jingle bells. <laughs> <laughs> we might do one more podcast before the end of the year. Um, yeah. I know you're going down to Durban, so it's a bit touch and go at the moment. Um, but uh, we might I'm be coming back to... here just for the podcast. Oh, excellent stuff. That's, I mean it. That's, <laughs> that's dedication. <laughs> no, I mean, you can't knock the end of the year properly. And I think we've got a good show next week. Yeah, we are. We're, um, we're looking to have a guest on next week, so it should be good fun. So, um, interesting piece that was published on MoneyWeb this morning, which we picked up on Tech Central, and that is that SARS, the South African Revenue Service, wants its pound of flesh when it comes to Bitcoin and well, crypto. It's part of it wants its part of the uh, it wants its part of the uh, IO currency. So uh, it's an interesting one. Uh, they're. Um, I'll just read the story here. The South African Revenue Service is in discussions with some of the top technology companies in the world, in the world, the world. to enable it to track cryptocurrency trades more efficiently. Um, and then they quote uh, Dr. Randall Carolison, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, SARS Group Executive for Research, saying that the organization is having discussions with counterparts uh, elsewhere in the world on how to track cryptocurrency trades. Um, he says, as you can imagine, it's very difficult uh, without revealing too much. We are talking to some of the top tech companies um, in the world that are do- sorry in the world <laughs> that are doing similar work for Canada and the UK, and we are hoping to get that technology. Now, the, this raises interesting questions about how traceable crypto money is. Um, we, we all know that Bitcoin is pseudonymous, so it's not fully yeah. anonymous. Uh, we all know that if you trade through a local platform like Luno, you have to provide your FICA documents. So Luno is obviously, um, if you're trading through, through Luno, you can pretty much expect that SARS is going to know what we'll you're know doing. about it, yeah. yeah. The question is, if you're using an international exchange uh, to to buy crypto… If you're a purist, yeah, you don't touch South Africa. Yeah. I mean. Now, I suppose the bank would have ways of… Uh, sorry, the, the revenue service would have ways of, of knowing… Um, if you've put money into an exchange, they'd be able to see that. Yeah. Um, if you're taking m- money in rand and putting it into one of those exchanges, but from beyond that, if you're investing in a crypto that is truly anonymous, like Monero or or, or, or something similar, um, not, not a pseudon- pseudonymous, pseud- I can never say that word properly, mm-hmm. pseudonymous, pseudonymous cryptocurrency, uh, one that's that's really is anonymous and one which completely hides who you are. Um, SARS can't see what's happening uh, and you can transfer that around then into different cryptocurrencies and they'll never have any idea of how much profit you're making or losses you're making. Um, so it's an interesting one. Um, it's going to be diff- very difficult as um, Dr. Carolison says for SARS to to try and you know do this. I mean he admits that the the best way they've got of doing of taxing you on 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 this at the moment is is through your own honest declarations mm-hmm. to them. Um, I, I would have, I imagine that um, there's not much de- real declaration going on by people playing the in crypto money in this country. No, the paying your TV license is the right thing to do. <laughs> doesn't quite sound the same. <laughs> but <clears throat> it's like it's for, for me. It's also the same as any international. If you own a house overseas, I did it. I think SARS recently last year did an amnesty program. But mm. if you have assets overseas and that money, kind of, if you don't pay from a South African bank account, you don't. 
you know, if, if none of those systems touch anything that, uh, I mean, I wouldn't say, uh, touch South African economies, uh, you know, how would they trace it? I mean, unless they work with banks overseas yeah. to get information on South Africa who's got accounts, South Africans who've got accounts. Mm. But yeah, I mean, unless uh, there's no ways for them to to to. Of course, when you if you cash it out into rands, then they'll then have. They will see, yeah, they will see. It. But you'll mm. you'll get you'll be taxed on. But if you do it in small amounts, maybe I mean, is it a PayPal payout? I've, I've got stock photographs on Adobe. How would they? I mean, that money coming into my account. Yeah. You know, I would declare it at the end of the year when I do my taxes and that kind of thing. Yes. But with Bitcoin, if you mine it. Use an international, like you said. Use one of the international um, traders, mm. and yeah. And increasingly, you can you can pay for services in crypto money. So, uh, you know, you and I spend a lot of money on on international software and and, and stuff like that. No. Subscriptions. Um, you, you just you know cash it out into dollars or pay directly in a crypto currency. Uh, for those services, yeah. and you'll never yeah. have to cash it out in South Africa. Yet you're getting the access to those services. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think they are going to work on on. Honest in that. I mean, people obviously ultimately would want that money. So unless you've got, you know, you, you, you're not really particularly keen on or, or interested in bringing that money to South Africa for whatever reason, mm. uh, then they will never know. It's for most people who would dabble in Bitcoin as an investment and want some of that money at some point. I mm. mean, it's pretty straightforward that they will be, you know, SARS will get involved there, and yeah. I think they will, they will they'll get a fair share. But as with any any assets that South Africans may own, I don't you won't catch them all. No. Certainly won't. Yeah, but but certainly if if you want to hide hide these things, then you probably shouldn't be transacting through something like Luna. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, then you would be. Uh, yeah, I'm sure that, and they also work on slightly bigger scale. You know, you wouldn't want to be managing that on an app necessarily. Mm. I think. Yeah, yeah, but uh, SARS, I, I do think they're going to have a lot of difficulty with this. Um, and I think I think people who invest in Bitcoin also tend to be um, the more libertarian-minded. Types who yeah, um, yeah. who are probably actively trying to avoid paying tax anyway. <laughs> well, that's the reason why you went to this, you know, potentially to to yeah to bypass the traditional mm. currency issues. But certainly, we're in the very early stages of the cryptocurrency revolution, and um, and and we don't know where it's going. But uh, if you, if you look at listen to the people who are um, what do I call them the. Uh, uh, the people who are really bullish on crypto, or the people who, 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 the people with crypto religion, if I can put it that way. Um, I mean, these guys think that um, crypto money is going to destroy the reserve, going to destroy central banks, going to destroy nation states, is going to transform the world fundamentally. Uh, those guys are not paying or don't want to pay tax. I can yeah. assure you. And let's be honest, we we all agree with them. I mean, a digital era needs a new way of, well, I guess, currency, a new new transaction platform. Mm. You can't, you can't. You can't mix old and new for yeah. too long. I actually recorded a very interesting podcast this morning. It's just gone live on the on the on Tech Central with Sonny Fisher. Now he's the founder of a company called For Us Holdings, um, and they're building a digital platform, a digital exchange. Uh, now um, I, I hope I'm not going to butcher this bit, but because it is quite complex, but they're using blockchain. Um, they've, they've built a platform on top of blockchain technology, uh, aimed at. Um, both banked and unbanked, but but particularly aimed at, at poorer people um, who currently pay exorbitant fees uh, for access to f- formalized financial services, and they plan they're planning to take on on a global basis. They've been working on this for eight years, but they're taking to pl- planning to take on on a global basis Mastercard and Visa and offer zero fee uh, uh, transactions and other services. Uh, on top of blockchain, um, they're doing some. They've thought it through very carefully. Some interesting stuff. They're planning to list on the JSE in the not too distant future, 2018, I think it'll be. Um, 
the Sunny Fisher reckons they'll have a market cap north of 5 billion rand, which would make them a significant enterprise. Wow. But they're starting in Port Elizabeth, um, of all places. Um, not, exactly, <laughs> not exactly the epicenter <laughs> of innovation, but uh, um, they, they, want to turn, they want to turn Port Elizabeth into a cashless economy. Um, zero transaction fees. At the moment, you know, MasterCard and Visa take a cut off, straight yeah. off the top, and it's a significant cut. Uh, you know, pick and pay and other retailers complain about this vociferously about the, 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 the charges they pay when you swipe with your card and it's, it's, it actually adds to the cost of groceries because they've got to pass it on to consumers. Man, these companies are massive. Just look at what Visa MasterCard are doing marketing-wise alone. I mean, they're they're spending billions. But it's a fascinating podcast. Um, I, I don't know if he's going to pull it off. Um, he's certainly one of those guys who, who talks a big game. Uh, and uh, he's certainly ambitious. He's been working on this for eight years now. Uh, oh, that's a long time. Go and have a listen to that podcast. It was a really interesting discussion. Uh, Sunny Fisher uh, from Forus, uh, Forus uh, Global Digital Exchange, I think it's called. Um, and he really wants to invent, reinvent global the global payments business. So if he if if he is uh, if he's doing it for if he wants to do free transactions, so where, where would the money come from? I mean, who would be paying for what? So he's got a number of revenue models. He goes into it in the podcast, but um, one of them is advertising based. Okay. Um, so you'll see an ad when you do a transaction. Uh, I'm not sure I'd like that, but if you're getting a free transaction and you, you, you you're at the lower end of the market. Maybe you're not really going to object to seeing an ad in, re- in return for not paying mm. a transaction fee. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I'll definitely look at the, I'll listen to the podcast. I mean, that sounds very interesting. Yeah, I know. It's well worth a listen. I actually met him last week and was going to write a story about it. And I thought, this is quite complex. And uh, I think it would be better as a podcast because then we can go into the detail. Mm. And, um, you know, I'm, re- I'm going to write a 600-word story. That's probably going to leave out half the detail. So it's a 50-minute podcast, but... Uh, well worth investing That's in That's why we love podcasts, Duncan. Absolutely. These things are amazing. And it's the holidays coming up, so lots of time to listen to them. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, there we go. And uh, that's our news this week. Uh, uh, let's move on to our uh, regular picks, winners and losers. I thought um, we'd pick um, Microsoft and Amazon as a winner yeah. this week for uh, investing in, in Africa, investing in South Africa, building cloud infrastructure here. It's very welcome news. Uh, no doubt Amazon is going to be following Microsoft with full data centers here uh, in 2018. Um, but they're putting the money down and uh, putting you know, there's a land grab going on. So well done, guys, for investing in, in this market, which is certainly not the most important market for them on a global yeah, scale. Yeah, but they are spending the money. Yeah. You, 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 said, uh, you said land grab. I was just going to say um, all our bases are soon going to belong to them. <laughs> True. <laughs> Don't they already? Yeah. <laughs> And um, our loser this week is nobody because we don't have one. So um, anyone out there we don't who want to be mean this anyone week. out there who thought we might pick them, uh, rest easy this week. <laughs> <laughs> What's your pick this week, Richard? Okay, so I mentioned that I was getting in. I was just I, I'm, I'm enjoying games a lot a, a lot more again. You know, I'm trying to get back into and just kind of stimulate my mind in other ways rather than sitting in front of the TV and vegging out. And uh, Rockstar Games has always been one of my favorite uh, producers. I mean, I like GTA immensely. I mean, I, I just got bored of it because I've been playing it so much. GTA 5 is GTA fantastic. GTA 5 is fantastic. Mm. Yeah, online play is amazing. I mean, I played through the, the single-player missions. So my next uh, option, I went looking for a few kind of alternative solutions. I, I was playing with... Um, uh, anyway, the name escaped me. I was playing with one or two other games, didn't really hit the spot, and then I looked back at Rockstar's other games. Two of them stood out for me, Bully and Red Dead Redemption. 
And I ended up going with Red Dead Redemption because I just, you know, I felt like a Western story style was more of my thing. And it is what a phenomenal game. Absolutely enjoyable, single-player missions, stories are really good, gameplay is fantastic. And, and all based around a sim similar kind of gameplay environment that you used to in GTA V, except you've got horses and the outback. I also picked it because Red Dead Redemption 2 is coming out soon. It's in the works at the moment. And that's that. touted to be a pretty one of the biggest titles for the new Xbox also. I am really annoyed that it's not coming to PC, as the previous one didn't either. I was just I wasn't actually sure if it was available on PC. No, never they never released mm. it on PC. See, I'm playing it on my Xbox 360 and this is another thing that I wanted to pick. Xbox 360 games on demand. What a fantastic service. I mean, four gigs, download, 199 rand, you got your game. I mean, they've got varying prices for varying games, but they've got a really good selection. It's the stuff that I would want to go buy when I go to the game store now. It's kind of the best of the catalog that they've had over the years. Um, so it's well worth checking out. I mean, you don't have to go get the game, you know, buy, download it on fiber, and you got it the same night, you know, without leaving your house. But Red Dead Redemption, there's also a bunch of... Um, um, add-ons. There's an undead add-on, so you can play the same game. There's a storyline, but you know you just have to fight a cure. You get get a cure for the zombie outbreak. So it's kind of based on that premise, and also some online play, which is which I haven't really got into. I did a, did it an hour or so the other night, but the, the single player for me is mm. where this game and Rockstar is particularly strong. I remember our friend Simon Dingle is a huge fan of Red Dead Redemption. He was playing it yes. endlessly at one point. I think he called it Grand Theft Horse. Grand Theft Horse, yeah. <laughs> There's nothing like. Uh, galloping horses on those open plains. I mean, yeah. it, it's 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 a nice complex... Oh, it's a nice, interesting game with complex features. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a wide open... Yeah. You can go into the felt and pick, um, pick herbs and hunt for animals and you get, obviously, points for these things because you, you use the actual stuff that you do. And there's strangers that you interact with. I mean, it's a, it's a nice world. It's Which like West you, World. Who you can shoot in the head. Yeah, you can shoot anybody in the head, but there would be consequences if you shoot the wrong people. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's one of it's 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 one of the few games in my life um, that I've binged. Battlefield was one of them. GTA, the entire series yeah. was one of them. Um, and yeah, this was this is another. So okay. I'm, I'm looking forward. To, I'm looking forward to seeing the sequel. Although I don't think I'm going to be buying a console to play it. Um, but uh, yeah, Red Dead Redemption came out quite a while ago, so the graphics it must is. be a bit dated by now. Not really. I mean, Xbox 360 is as good as what you're going to get on there. Um, but if you're used to a GTA, I mean, this is yeah. if you if you're comparing to PC gameplay, yeah, it's, it's obviously mm. not not the same, and it is a bit of an older game. But I mean, on my console, it's as good as as GTA 5 ever was on my console. You know, I don't. I've got mm. an Xbox 360, not an Xbox One. Right. So again, you need to okay. keep that in mind. Sure. But I, I, I never once looked at it and said, shit, this could have been better. Yes. You know, the gameplay was, it, it works. Yes. It works. I mean, I would love to see Red Dead 2 because I think that's going to blow this one out of the water in terms of graphics, oh, yeah, obviously. Sure, I mean, sure. And some, from some of the trailers I've seen, the world just looks so much more um, beautiful and deep, in, you know, with a higher definition graphics. But, yeah. you know, to get the gameplay out and just shoot some um, bandits, you know, yeah. and ride and steal some trains, you know, yeah. that's fantastic. Yeah, or pick some daisies in the field. Pick some daisies <laughs> in the field, you do. <laughs> I, worry, yeah, I worry about you, Rafa. You can play, you can, there's also some poker side games. I mean, I've, <laughs> I have spent an hour or so playing uh, Texas Hold'em the other night, yeah. you know. It's, it's just fun. I mean, yeah. it's, it's a nice varying, you, you know GTA, the varying nature of the side missions and everything you can yes. do. But yeah. Uh, I remember speaking of games within games. Um, did you ever play the Space Quest series? Yeah, very long ago. Yeah, it was. I loved that game. But there was a uh, there was a video game um, arcade machine in the, one of the games. And you could walk up to it and play the game. And the video arcade game was arguably better than the game. <laughs> <laughs> it was um, called Funky Chicken or something. Oh wow! And you had flying chickens, and it was it was the most addictive thing. I spent more time playing the arcade uh, video game box inside 
Space Quest and I'm playing Space Quest itself. <laughs> it's like playing the game, going through all the rooms, go get to this thing, stop. Play it. Yeah, yeah. It was, that was the same way with Pokemon. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Uh, in fact, let me just let me just Google what it was called. Um, Space Quest Chicken Game. Uh, it was called. Here we go. Astro Chicken. Astro Chicken. Astro nice. Chicken. You never played that. No, no, no. no it was, I was it more of a um, Monkey Island fan. <laughs> That sounds right up your alley. If anyone uh, plays played Space Quest, they'll remember <laughs> that game. It, it was really fun with <laughs> bouncing chickens. It was in space. Like, it was a bit like um, Space Invaders. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but really good. Astro Chicken. It was uh, fantastic. Space Quest 3. It was in Space Quest 3. Uh, oh. I think that was my favorite game, game series as a kid growing up, Space Quest. It was just the humor was just mm. appealed to me. Uh, you played a janitor called Roger Wilco. Uh, oh, yes, Roger Wilco. Save the universe from yes, itself, yeah. Yes, and then somebody <laughs> later on brought out Roger Wilco, the communications app. You remember that? We used to play games and then you'd chat to, to your friends over Roger Wilco about the game because you didn't have in-game chat. Oh, really? No, I don't remember yeah, that. Yeah. No, no. Right, my pick this week is um, a launcher for Android, uh, which I've installed on my Galaxy S8, and it's really cool. It's called the... Um, there's a couple of these launchers, but the two main ones are the Nova Launcher and Action Launcher. I've installed Action Launcher. It brings many of the features of Oreo to your phone um, before Oreo arrives on your phone. Um, but it, it's so customizable. It allows you to do such wonderful tweaking, and that's the thing I love about Android. Yeah. Uh, you can put a new launcher on top of your phone. On an iPhone, you just can't do this. It's Apple's way or the highway. Uh, but but I really like it a lot. Um, it, it looks quite different. Uh, um, oh, the rounded, yeah, the, the options with the rounded icons. You can choose the icon the shapes shape. and size and all the rest of it. If I just flick across there, there's my diary that flips oh, out nice, as a window. Yes, yes. But this is fully customizable. This can be anything. You can put app icons on here. You can okay, put widgets, okay. anything nice, on that nice. little thing. Of course, you can have multiple screens like you always do. But I like this as well. You swipe across from the, the left-hand side of the of the screen. If I can, Oh, sorry, I had something open there. And um, it brings up all your apps. And oh, you want to get cool. to an app quickly, you can just scroll there and it will show you the um, letter of the alphabet. And you can just quickly find an app. Nice. On so, your I mean, obviously, as templates, you say to it, you want this option on that side. And then yes, you can yeah, choose. Yeah, it's quite nice, infinitely customizable. Nice. Yeah. Um, and, and you can really do a lot with this, with this launcher. It's, it's very good. I've played with Nova as well, and I prefer Action Launcher. Um, and I know that um, other people might prefer Nova because it allows you to do different things and the, you know, the customization, the look and feel of it. Yeah. Uh, but I, I really like this. It's really simple. Uh, you, get, you get to what you want to do quickly, so it's improved my productivity on the phone. Now, I'm a big fan of the Samsung TouchWiz interface. I'm not used to hate it, but uh, since the S8, it's actually improved a lot. Okay. Um, but I feel like a change, and um, Android, luckily, allows you to make a change if you want to without having to root the phone or do something like that um, where you have to be, you know, really know what you're doing. Otherwise, you're going to… We all know you don't like Apple. <laughs> is that no, too obvious? I mean, <laughs> is that obvious? I do use an iPad. No, I mean it's nice to customize. I just, mm. I, I actually, I, I, it, it's one of the few things I do miss about you know having an iPhone. But also, you know, it, it doesn't really bother me in the long run. Mm. But I've been playing a lot more with Android phones, and you know, vanilla Android is great, but you want to customize more. Mm. You know, you do want to add like a, you know just enhancements where it to your life, I guess. Yeah. So that's Action uh, Launcher. I'll include a link to that in the show notes. And um, yeah, go check it out. If you're using an Android phone it's, and you feel like a change to do what you've been running, if you've been running the same phone for a year and you're a bit bored with the interface, then uh, Action Launcher and Nova Launcher are both good. But there are tons of them out there, tons and tons of them. Just uh, Google best, uh, best Android launchers and you'll find plenty of articles uh, going through the merits of each. And that, I think, Rechart, is our show. Yeah. 
Let's do our quiz. Uh, let me jump in with the first question. Amazon Web Services said this week that it is launching its AWS Direct Connect service in South Africa through which data center operator? And that is, of course, Terraco. The second question, what is the name of the direct, Director General driving government's implementation of the ICT policy white paper? The answer is Robert Nkuna. Government may amend which piece of legislation to introduce net neutrality rules in South Africa? And that is the Electronic Communications and Transactions Act. Fourth question, Google this week published its top trending searches in South Africa for 2017. Which late actor was in the number one position? And the answer is Dumi Masilela. And our last question this week, Asher Bobot, Asher Bobot rather, returned to EOH this week. What will his new role be? And that is Head of Strategy and Stakeholder Management. And that's our show. Um, we will be back next week. Um, Rechot, you say you're back from Durban. Uh, we we're hoping to get a guest in next week as well, uh, have a mm. nice uh, end-of-year show, but talk, talk about the biggest stories of the year, maybe uh, talk about um, uh, the most defining tech of the year as well yeah. uh, as, uh, as our wait into, into the Christmas season. Um, so please look out for that. Uh, if, you're, um, if you're going to be traveling before then, please drive safely. We uh, love to have you as listeners. Mm-hmm. And um, as always, if you have any feedback, and we've been getting on quite a bit of it lately, please do use our email address, info at techcentral.co.za. We love getting your, your correspondence. Until next time, from Rechard and myself, cheers. Ciao, ciao.